This is Luke Walton Talks Lakers. I'm Jonathan Gilley, and I'm joined live in San Francisco today by Luke, Coach Walton. Coach, what up? How's it going, John? Good, man. We're sitting on my couch. It's a Monday morning. The Lakers just beat the Grizzlies. We're here in San Francisco together. And it was a long flight. <laughs> Especially after that late game last night. <laughs> if you guys haven't noticed by the voice, I don't quite talk like this. I am not the real Luke Walton, but I am a real Luke Walton. Yes. He's a bona fide Luke Walton. I am a bona fide Luke Walton. You can check the driver's license. Uh, but at the same time, we are pretty knowledgeable. So let's get into it. Let's let's break down this game a little bit and then start talking about these new Luke Lakers. Yeah, like Luke said, let's jump in. So since last time we talked, uh, we lost a heartbreaker to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, we pretty handily defeated the Nets, which felt great. And then last night, we pulled one out against the Grizzlies. So, Coach, where do you want to start? What, did you, what have you seen these last three games? Well, looking at all three of them, the only way that we lost against Portland was Dame. And Damian Lillard is an amazing player, and he's not going to stop being an amazing player, especially not after he was denied first-team All-NBA honors, which... Did he even get any NBA honors this last season? I don't even know. I don't think so. And that, and I don't that, think so. That's just a shame. He like, does currently hold the crown of best NBA rapper. <laughs> Zoe's coming for it, but he's... Uh, I just wait till Lamella gets in the league. Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm particularly partial to uh, Kobe rapping. You remember this? That's how he met, how he met his wife. <laughs> on, on the music video shoot. And the rest was history. <laughs> But yeah, so that that first game, like I'll take it. I'll take you know a, a game winner against Damian Lillard. He hit. He missed a game winner the night before. He's not gonna miss two game winners in a row. And we just were the unfortunate recipient of it. And it was still great basketball. It was a really fun game. So I don't mind. That's the biggest thing with this Lakers. Is as long as we're close. And most of these games have been real close. And so then the last two against the Nets, we were supposed to win that game. We did win that game. Yep. I loved seeing D'Angelo have such a rough shooting night. I love seeing our defense on him that forced him into such a rough shooting night. You know, because he's the type of player you get under his skin a little bit. It's going to throw him off the rest of the game. Um, funny seeing Moz Clarkson like being buddy buddy again. I didn't realize that that was <laughs> apparently a they were romance. apparently they were friends. <laughs> apparently he was one of the Brodies. <laughs> and then and then last night against the Grizzlies, that's the one that I was most impressed by. We were just talking over coffee about how. This was our first big win against a team with really great interior defense and interior offense. And um, we've been worried all season just about how we're going to match up like against teams like we saw with the Jazz or we saw um, a little bit in that Portland game. And I think that the real difference maker in these last few games is Brooke Lopez. I think he's really stepped up. It's amazing. I agree. He's definitely been our, our best player over the, la- the stretch of the last few games. Um, the other thing is that our, our bench unit didn't just totally fold. There were a lot of minutes where Julius Randle was the biggest guy on the floor and Marcus Saul was still out there. Right. And he played with energy and he held his own and the other players rotated and helped. Uh, and and I, I think that was a really crucial element to, to us being able to pull out these games. Definitely. And I, I think that we really saw that come to fruition during the Pelicans game where Julius was having to front Boogie Cousins. And that, that level of effort and that level of play, you know, Boogie was, was getting super frustrated. I'm pretty sure that he took out one of Anthony Davis's eyes. <laughs> yeah, because at the end of the game, AD went up to him and was like, I can't see out my left eye, man. Whoa, yeah, I didn't he, realize that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he, like, elbowed him in the face. So Randall, <laughs> Randall is, like, getting at it inside. And remember how we were talking about whether or not 
his his physical fitness was going to translate. Yeah, uh, it's, the actual it's work. I guess it's starting to interior. Yeah, I, I thought that it was going to be you know he's going to be quicker or it's just right a, run the break or something. Exactly. No, it, it's 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 ending up he's he's still a monster mm-hmm. on the boards, but more importantly, he's getting up, he's getting blocks. Yeah, he's playing above the rim, which is which has always been tough for him because he's had those short arms. He's had that physical what limitation. Call, what do you call him? Don't do, hold back. Huh? What do you call him? What do I call Julius? Little T-Rex arms. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's got little T-Rex arms, and he just can't quite get up. That's, that's so unfair. It's so unfair, but comparing his arm, his, his wingspan next to Brandon Ingram. Or Kuzma. Like, Kuzma. Yeah, I know, I know. You know, it's, it's, I mean, for a normal person in the world, he has a fine wingspan. One to be admired. One... <laughs> like, a, like a pterodactyl, for example. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, but unfortunately, he's, you know, he's in the land of giants, and... Yeah. Just you know, and it, it it is definitely made more apparent because he's six nine. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a very tall player, yes. taller than LeBron. Uh, but his his he doesn't have that seven foot wingspan that all those, exactly. that all those guys have. Exactly. So him being able to, like you said, strengthen his strengthen his lower body and be able yep. to get up above the rim now, it's a great addition to his game. Definitely, he's had a few really key blocks, some key defense, and he's tearing up second second units. I, I like this like seventh man backup center right. role, and, and it, it kind of fits in with that Draymond Green like narrative that we've been trying to attach to Julius Randle. Right. And this is the first time that I'm like, you know what? Maybe I, he's doing I, it. I kind of see it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we we laughed really hard last night when we were watching the game when he got when he when he got that terrible offensive foul in the fourth quarter where he just just trucked a dude at the three point line. He's due for one game because what 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 happened is so he gets the rebound and he I don't think that he realizes that there was like six seconds left. No, in the yeah, quarter. he didn't because he gets the rebound, kind of hangs out, looks over for the outlet pass, looks up the clock, like, oh crap. Gotta make my own shot. Drives down as far as fast as he can and trucks the dude. He goes flying like three or four feet. Offensive foul. Well, he's due for like one or yes. two a game. Yes. And, it, and as long as he's playing such good defense, that just becomes funny instead of frustrating. Yes. It's like, who is right. he going to line up? Right. Well, it was the same thing that happened against uh, the Nets. He had five fouls. He came in. Lonzo gave him a lob pass. And it was it was a beautiful finish by Julius. It was, it was a little – the pass was a little off. He reached way back behind his head, brought it around with his left hand, and, and laid it in. It was a beautiful touch. Immediately goes down the other side of the court. Offensive foul. Fouls out of the game. He came in for one series. Beautiful lob pass finish. Offensive foul out of the game. That's his move. That's Julius's move. It is. But we, we need a guy that can bully, and he's the guy. You know, yeah. We were talking at the beginning of the season. We're like, oh, man, how good would it be if we had... A LeBron type, a Boogie type. Who put their shoulder in. down. And, exactly. Yeah. And, and Julius has got to be that guy yeah. for us. He just needs to learn how to put his shoulder down without getting the offensive foul. Right. That's the, that's the trick. And I love it. He always makes that same mug and face after he gets the foul call. Yeah. Well, it's almost, it's almost like he, it's almost like he's, he's, I can imagine in his mind, he's just saying like, I only got that foul because that player was a weak ass. Yeah, I know, right? right? But it's not that he's yeah. bullying through that guy. It's that that guy's too weak to take it, right? That's the face he makes. Is like, come on, really? Yeah, exactly. Really? Like, guys like, do that to me all the time. Right, right, just, man, right, I'm, right. I'm just stronger so <laughs> yeah, I don't right. fall over. Right. Exactly. It's that Shaq effect. But but this is it's, it's fun to see this, uh, as we've been saying on Twitter and uh, Instagram, the Randall Sons. Yeah. There was uh, someone with a big Jules Rules oh, sign cool. in the crowd last night. They kept putting up whenever, whenever he would score. Yeah. Um, so I guess just a couple things. 
Um, sorry, Kobe's squeaking in the background. Kobe is Jonathan's puppy. Yes. He's not really, he's big, he's a big puppy now. He chews on my hand for the duration of most of these podcasts. Um, so a couple of things, uh, last night we saw probably Brandon Ingram's best quarter, or excuse me, half of a game in the first half of this game. He lost his aggression a little bit in the second half, um, came back at the end, but man, was he aggressive. He was cutting, he was using his length. It was beautiful to see. Definitely. And changing hands when he's finishing at the rim, fighting through contact, putting guys on his hip. Um, so all, all the things that you want to see. And that, that that's where you start to see those Kevin Durant comparisons really come together. And it's so funny to think about uh, when we drafted Brandon Ingram, the comparisons to Kevin Durant. We pulled in Luke Walton, the instant comparisons to wanting to play, the Warriors style of play. And then Kevin Durant ends up on the Warriors. Right. It's like you couldn't ask for a better blueprint. The key, though, is outside shooting. Is yeah. So now we've got Kuzma, who's able to hit outside shots. Brooke Lopez is really stepped yeah. up taking the outside shots. He again. shot one from the Staples Center last night. <laughs> it was a heat check, and he missed it. But he's 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 gunning them. He is, and I want him to keep doing it because he's he's really successful. Yeah. And when when we're starting to pull the the centers out of the lane, it gives guys, especially like Kuzma, Clarkson, uh, Randall, like a ton, space. A ton yeah. of space to operate. KCP is they're starting to fall. He had a rough first half, uh, but he closed out the half well, and then needed, second half he took over. He needed that hip injury. Right, right. He needed a quick, quick hit of dislocated hip to his system to, to shake him into to playing form. But can't can't say enough about that Grizzlies game. I thought that was a loss, yes. leading to half. Yes, yes. And um, I and I'm a huge homer, so. I'm not, and we're definitely going to beat the Celtics in the next game. I'll say that much. So uh, one other thing I want to talk about with this game is uh, Jordan Clarkson and his decision making. Yeah, we were both just tearing our hair out at points in that third quarter. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the um, a lot of what caused us to lose our pretty sizable lead through the two point lead. Yeah, down to f- five, three, three, three. Yeah, three. We almost went into overtime. I think most of that rests on the shoulders of, of Jordan Clarkson. Of course, not all of it. Mm-hmm. Everyone contributes, but what did you see there? Well, I, I think that we're starting to see. Uh, I, I like first of all, I like Clarkson's confidence. Um, he's definitely shooting well, um, but the fall away. When it's not necessary, it just feels like I'm just going to take a more high percentage shot and just lower the percentage just to look cool. Um, and a lot of times we're, we're running into the the players around him just kind of watching, you know, clearing out and let's watch Clarkson work, which is so different than our starting unit. And it's so different than when we've got guys like Lonzo out there, we've got actually a flow movement. So... Yeah, I think a lot of that is actually, I think a lot of that is actually Jordan's fault. Um, because of the way he because of the way he plays, like he he doesn't look for guys. Um, he he does this Carmelo floor general thing, where he you know dribbles to the top of the court and he kind of orchestrates people around, but no one's actually moving or doing anything. And then with no time left on the shot clock, he tries to like start a right. It's like classic Carmelo, like jab step, jab step, pump fake, jab step, jab step, jab step. Five seconds left in the shot clock, like totally ditch it onto someone who has no ability to finish in that situation or take an ill-advised shot, right? He, he, that's not all of his possessions, but he does that enough of the time when he's the primary ball handler on the floor that I think it's it's kind of the opposite of the Lonzo effect, right? When Lonzo's on the floor, even if he's not shooting well or playing great or like, you know, box score, box score doesn't look great, guys are moving because they know the pass is going to come. 
but when when Jordan's out there as the primary ball handler, it's like why should I why should I cut for you? Like you're you're not even going to look at the rest of the floor for the first ten seconds of the shot clock. And that especially affects I think Kuzma because Kuzma is not at this point of his career very good at catching guys that are squared up on him. But if he gets an ounce of the guy looking the other way, he's able to cut to the basket. If he gets a foot of room, he's able to hit the three. Yeah. But, you know, he's not quite the player yet. Maybe he will be at some point. Um, but Clarkson kind of slows the game down in a way that really, I think, negatively affects Kuzma's game too. So Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> one other thing on the Nets game, and then we'll, we'll move forward, is we talked about this a couple episodes ago. Just want to reiterate that there is no world in which I would rather have D'Angelo Russell and Timofey Mozgov than Lonzo Ball, Brooke Lopez, and Kyle Kuzma. Absolutely. Particularly in here, and I don't don't know if everybody realizes this, but we keep our pick. Our pick is protected for 2018 for the number one pick and the six and on pick. So we have this gulf of two, three, four, five, that if our pick lands there, we don't get it. And I think it goes to the Celtics. Right, I th- uh, they might have dealt it at this point, but I th- yeah, I think you're, I think it, I think you're right. So like that's worst possible situation. You like they're, they're, that's the real team that we're struggling against right. is who can get back to being able to right. be championship ready right. between Celtics and Lakers. Because if they go up another championship on us, that's gonna be really tough. It's gonna be tough. So we gotta get that one, even it up, and then we'll see how it goes. So we need to be a team that's at least the sixth best team. And if we're the 10th best team in the league, that's great because our odds are way higher of us keeping our pick. Um, and then not necessarily that we need another rookie, but it just gives us a little bit more flexibility right. if we want to package you know, right. the number nine pick or something with, with Dang. Yeah, it's, a, it's another asset to trade, especially like you said, when we have a contract like Dang's that we have to get out from under. Um, and that's like not going to be easy to get out from under. It's a, it's a really ugly contract that no one's going to want to take without us... Sending something of value. And let, let me ask you, do you think that the Nets will be better than the sixth worst team? Or do you think they're going to be bottom five in the league this year? Yes. So? Yes. I think we would have been too with Tim Fay. I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, Take that, haters. <laughs> Which is so bizarre. I don't understand where the, where the like, oh, they should have kept D-Lo. Those are just, like... Like the counting stats guys, the guys that are super into like points, rebounds, assists, and nothing else. It's the same people who say the Pacers are better without Paul George this well, season. Well, is having a hell of a year, but but yeah, of course he is. But you would you'd never, as the Pacers say, like we'd prefer not to have this player. <laughs> of course, of course. Our models suggest that we're actually a superior team without this player. Like the only the only team that I remember that did that really well was the Denver Nuggets post Mellow. Yeah, you know, they got so many pieces yeah. from the next. But well, know, it's it's out, so. it's the whole Ewing theater, the Ewing theory, right? The like, you know, yeah, the yeah, the Knicks were actually better without him. Mm-hmm. And his new conspiracy theory is that Chris Paul is the new Ewing theory player. Well, we've yet to see. And I mean, the Clippers are maybe showing us that it's that it's not a totally unfair comparison. Yeah, it's just until all their glass knees start shattering. Yes. Yes. Um, so with that, just kind of want to talk for a couple minutes about what the season has in store for us for the rest of, uh, I guess we'll, we can quickly recap the upcoming week, uh, and then we'll kind of talk about the rest of the season. So the next week we've got, uh, the Celtics on Wednesday, 
Then we've got the Wizards on Thursday, and then I believe a day off, and then the Bucks, and then a day off, Suns, and then I think a two days off, and then the Sixers, something like that. But we're on a bit of a road trip here. Mm-hmm. We've got basically three of the four best Eastern Conference teams in a row facing Boston, then Wizards on the road in a back-to-back scenario. So start of this week might be a little tough. What, what are you hoping to see? If we can just get one of those three games, I'd be really happy. So Celtics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yes, yes. We'd like to beat the Celtics. Um, I, I think that the game against Milwaukee is a must-watch. Yes. With Giannis and Ingram is just going to be so much fun to just see that. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that the, I, I think that, that Giannis is probably two or three seasons ahead of where anyone thought he could possibly be in Absolutely. terms of his development. And it's, man, is it exciting because it means we're going to get that many more years of whatever his ceiling ends up being. Well, if, if his growth is anywhere near linear even at this point, he has every potential to be the most efficient player to ever play in the NBA. Yeah. And, like, that's absurd. Yeah. Wow, what a beautiful gift to NBA just to watch. I can't wait to see him on an Olympic team because I, I just want to see him against all the international players. It's like the dude's going to just... Oh, he's just going to wreck them. They're not even going to know what to do. No, because like, do you remember, uh, do you remember when, remember when Zulats came in to the league and like got dunked on in his first game? He's like, people just don't do that overseas. <laughs> I do, I do remember that. Well, the international players have uh, quite a surprise in store for them whenever Giannis actually takes the floor. Absolutely. Do you, would do you think you he, would he play for U.S. or do you think he'd play for for oh, for the Greek team? Oh god! I mean, he is like the oh, Greek no, freak. Right. I could see him like right. I mean, I could I, I don't know the exact rules around like which teams you play for. I think it's citizenship. Is that is that the yeah. rule? Okay. I mean, he seems to. I mean, obviously, I'm sure he goes back to Greece every every summer. I'm sure he's a lot of love for his home country, but it it seems like he's pretty pretty happy here. Specifically, pretty happy in Milwaukee. Coach K's got a gotta start recruiting him now for 2020 right, right for citizenship yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on make this happen Trump <laughs> <laughs> no so, no extreme vetting from Greece no, especially not Giannis <laughs> uh, so uh, one out of those three I'm hoping for and then yeah. I think we gotta beat the Suns and 76ers because like I, I do think that it's likely that we have two pretty crushing losses on the road against some of the best teams we'll see hopefully we keep it close if, if Lopez keeps playing the way that he is anything's possible um, but we're definitely, regardless of what happens, we've got to take that Suns and 76ers game. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you there. Um, I think it's easy to see how, like, even if even if we match up well against the Wizards, that Celtics game is going to be a tough one, mm-hmm. and it, it, that Wizards game kind of looks like a schedule loss. Yeah. Right? Like, it just, it, it, it's like when the Warriors come down and play in L.A. on a Sunday. Like, they, they come into town, they party on Saturday, they're all hungover on Sunday, they lose. This is like that, except that we're going to get just like totally worked by the Celtics all night long. And not not because like we're not a good team, but mm-hmm. like they're just really, really good. Yeah, they're a really good team. They're like their best player is watching from home right now. And they're still on the an eight game eight game win streak right now, I think. Incredible. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, okay, so with that, uh, it is currently November sixth. We're ten games into the season. We're five and five. I feel pretty good about that, especially considering some of the teams we've played. I feel really good about that. Um, I guess I think the line at the start of the season was 35 wins, and I think both of us took the over, but 
maybe not too strongly, right? Like if we figured we'd get 36 or 37, something like that, where, where does your mind sit right now in terms of like, if you had to, if you had to make a line, like what would it be for this team? I'm going to go with the, uh, the meaning of life, 42. Beautiful. You think, I was actually thinking that I was, my, my head went to like, could we be around 40 plus yeah. or minus a game yeah. or two? Yeah, and like we say, LeVar speaks it into existence. <laughs> he, he spoke into existence that the Lakers are making the playoffs this year. It's it's a long shot. The like, prophet said it. I, the prophet said it, and I, I must believe. I must believe. And that's the only way that we're going to get that. You know, if, if yeah. we're, we have to be a right round of 42 to 45 win team to be able to snag that. Because the Jazz are going to win some good games. They, yeah. You know, the Pelicans are going to win some good games. It's going to be tough. And obviously, I don't think we're a better team than those teams necessarily. No. But I do think that I think we might match up better against more teams in the league than they do. It's definitely possible. You made a great point <clears throat> this morning when we were when we were chatting, and you said that um, a lot of our wins are going to have to come against these Eastern Conference teams. Right. Yeah, because ultimately the the playoff standings aren't about who's the better team out of the top eight in the West. It's who won the most games. And so if we're able to match up better, especially against these smaller, faster teams, like the Nets was a perfect example. Uh, the Nets could on any given night light up guys like the Jazz or the Pelicans or something like that because their style of play is so different. Um, if we're able to match up really well against those fast teams and then sneak out a few ones against the big teams like the Grizzlies, that, that type of a win could end up being so key later on in the season um, in terms of just being able to sneak into the playoffs because these guys I just want them to have the experience right because if we end up getting a LeBron Paul George Boogie Cousins one of those types of players it doesn't necessarily mean we're instantly championship caliber team even even Pau Gasol and Kobe you know needed a trip to figure out what the finals were all about right well, it's also, I mean, it's a, it's a nice recruiting tool. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, at least it's it's part of the pitch to, like, hey, without you, with a bunch of kids, with three starters under 21 years old, we made it to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Imagine what we could do And it's the easiest case for most improved team. Oh, yeah. You know, if you can go from number two pick to a playoff team, it's like, well, obviously, they're the team on the rise. <laughs> right. Right. And the other thing I was thinking about is that... Um, you know, there, there is a set number of wins available in, mm-hmm. in the league, right? Like, every game has to end in a win or a loss. Um, and we, we don't have uh, a team like the Warriors two years ago gunning for 73 wins. I mean, of course, everyone's trying to win every game they can, but there's no one with that trajectory right now. Yep. Um, and so there, there are more wins available, right? I think, I think this will be a year where we see more parity in, in terms of the records at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And... You know, there's going to be a clump in the in the middle where, like, you know, 45 games will, might might get you the eight seed in the West. I think it will. You know, and and, and other teams like uh, Cavaliers and Spurs aren't soaking up as many wins as they were either. So, yeah, there will be more parity, and the East is so bad, and we have so much potential, and we actually play defense. That's the biggest key. So, if we play defense against some of these really bad Eastern Conference teams we should be able to get a really high win share especially if we can play it on the road and that's still yet to be seen but if we can maintain that if the rookies don't get too tired towards mid-season we can maintain that level of effort like we were seeing ingram play anything's possible yeah i i'm totally with you i am not anything it was still like what's your right 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 hey if lavar says it who are we to doubt? Are, but he hasn't, though. He hasn't. Not yeah, yet. He, not, not even not, he. Not even he far. has gone that far. 
<laughs> Maybe he just hasn't been caught on tape yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's just shouting around his mansion. We, we got to get more people on the Lakers payroll because the sports media is not right, in love with us right, right now. Right, right. All, all we have right now is like a stand-in Oprah. Yeah. Lakers! Yeah, Bill McDonald, every time he gets excited. Brandon Ingram with the slam! I love it. He had one last night where he started. Yeah, he started. The voice started to go up. He was ready to go full Oprah, but he missed the shot. So it was like Brandon Ingram. Yeah, go to the line and shoot two. (laughs) Almost finished there. I was a little excited. (laughs) I want to hear Stu Lance do that. I don't even know what that would sound like. (laughs) The Lakers. (laughs) 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 Stu (laughs) Lance. All right. Well. I think that does it, Luke. This has been a fun one. It's nice to have you here in person. Definitely. And uh, it's been a it's been a fun start to the season. We're, we're ten games in, mm-hmm. so I think we have enough to. We've seen enough that we can like start to pull out some trends, see mm-hmm. some progress, see, see the how the personality of these rookies, see that the, the areas that they need to improve. Obviously, Lonzo with the shot, Kuzma's going nuts. JC needs a little bit more decision making. Ingram yep. needs to stay that aggressive. Yep. KCP needs to. You know, get a hip injury every game and come out like a monster in the second half. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, th- I think there's a, there's a few things that uh, that we didn't talk about today, but don't worry, fans. We're gonna we're gonna check in later this week. So I think later this week we'll probably touch on the the starting uh, four position with Larry Nance's hand injury and Kuzma stepping in there, and, and we'll talk a little about Larry. Um, Larry, if you're listening. Uh, we're happy to lend a hand if you need someone to help you play video games. We know you're you're one-handed and and you're you're unable to play your brand new Call of Duty World War II game. So if if you need someone to come in and play the other hand, just let us know. We'll fly to wherever you need and uh, we'll, we'll we'll take care of you. Um, and then we'll we'll also we'll also probably check in on on Lonzo and kind of his stats and where he mm-hmm. sits, as well as some some team stats. Maybe it's time to look at the the on off stats and the lineup stats. We haven't really checked in on those yet. Take us in the muse gauge. Yeah, and then I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Brandon Ingram's defense as well. So we'll probably check in there. And I'm sure that by the time we talk next, LeVar will have said something worthy of uh, jumping into one of our favorite segments he's spoken into existence. Absolutely. Plenty to be excited about in Lakerland. Thank you guys for tuning in to Luke Walton Talks Lakers. Be sure to check us out on LukeWaltonTalksLakers.com and our various social medias on Instagram, LukeWaltonLitTalksLakers, and on Twitter, LukeWaltonLaker. I'm joined with Jonathan Gilly, and uh, this was a special edition live from San Francisco. <laughs> Well, Tox Lakers episode. So thanks, thanks for joining me, John, and I look forward to the next time. Take care. Thanks for listening, everyone.